21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. I live in Colorado. I'm actually in a, in a small town in the U.S. called Palmer Lake, Colorado. There's only 1,800 people in this town. There's no no stoplights. There's but there's like seven little boutique restaurants in this little village, and I love it. And I uh, I've been up here for about 16 years now. And um, uh, yeah, so I have a, my wife of 15, no, 16 years as well next month. And uh, I have three children, so I love that the most. I mean, that's why I do what I do, right? So, and I and the interesting fact about where I live is it's at 7,600 feet in elevation, so Whoa. it's really high up. I'm I'm kind of between Whoa. these two mountains, and um, it snows. It's every year I've lived here, it snowed in May, and in September, and last year in 2020, it's the worst year ever, right? It snowed in June, and I mean like oh my June. God. June 10th, it was snowing. So it's, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful area, but um, it's kind of unique. It is. And you guys like to eat a lot. I mean, 800 <laughs> people and then seven, eight restaurants. So, well, it's like everyone from, so we're right between two bigger cities, Denver uh -huh. and Colorado Springs. So a lot of people come from those bigger cities to our little village on the weekend because we have this, oh, okay. this little lake here, right? And so these restaurants are a popular place for people to go on the weekend. And before Colorado, what was Michigan. your... Ah, so I, Michigan. So I, you know, I was born and raised in Michigan. I've actually been in Colorado for 27 years, oh. but only up here in Palmer Lake for 15, 16 years. Uh, so I moved here when, in 1995 when I was 21 years old. So everyone can do the math now how old I am. But yeah, I moved out here. I grew up there and my, met my wife out here. And so just stayed in Colorado. And it was a great place to be as a young person and still is. So, it's you know, everyone in Colorado is very into hiking, mountain biking, snowboarding or skiing. Uh, we have paddle boards like it's an active, active lifestyle in Colorado. Any similarities uh, with Texas or California? So is it IT oriented or? A lot of people from both of those states move to Colorado. Oh, really? So the, you know, Colorado has the mountains. So it's these beautiful mountains. It's the Swiss Alps of Europe. It's here in America. So it's Colorado is all the mountains. It's the ski towns, the, the ski villages and, and things like that. But in Denver, it's a very big tech sector as well. So we have a lot of technology companies based there, a lot of growing smaller startup culture starting there. And where Colorado Springs were right between the two, um, a lot of younger people moving there. So it's, you know, in Colorado Springs, you're at the base of this very famous mountain called Pikes Peak. And there was a song written about Pikes Peak, America the Beautiful is, is the name of the song, right? And uh, in, that, in that song, it talks about Purple Mountain Majesty, And that is written about the mountain, Pikes Peak. When this woman first saw this mountain, she was just stunned by its beauty and wrote this song. So it's pretty cool. So it's a beautiful place to be. And what's the story regarding you being co-founder of, of company? Uh, can It's, you, can you, yeah. so the name of the company is Bomb Bomb? Bomb Bomb, yeah. Bomb Bomb. <laughs> B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B, bombbomb.com. It was you know, back in 
The early 2000s, my business partner and I, we've been friends forever. We're both from Michigan, both from the same hometown. Um, met each other also in Colorado in our young 20s. Uh, had several other businesses together before this one. But, and we were in marketing. We were in, we, I mean, we were in our early 20s. We ran a painting company, believe it or not, like a house painting company. And then we got into marketing and digital marketing, learned a lot about that. And that's kind of how BombBomb came about. You know, um, I was working for a marketing firm and, and Connor, my co-founder, we, we had built this product at that marketing firm and it was email based. And Connor thought, well, wouldn't it be awesome if we could include video and emails? Now, listen, this was in 2004. Mm-hmm. So there, YouTube was privately owned. Facebook was not a thing. The iPhone did not have a camera in it. Wow. Okay. So to think about doing video and an email is just crazy talk, right? Just crazy. So I thought, well, that, that would be a pretty cool idea. And we started to work on that. And Connor, he, he, uh, we had a server we put in his closet and <laughs> we host, because we, that's the only way you could really host video, right? So no because, VPNs back, back then. No, well, yeah, there was, but that was what we wanted to be able to do is to send a video, but we didn't want it to be on YouTube because then in YouTube, you could go anywhere, right? We wanted them, we wanted the message to be somewhat private. So this idea of a private server, we'd host it there. So we put the server in his closet. We sent out one email with a video, like it was just a, a screenshot of the video with a link to watch the video, right? So a screenshot, JPEG, link to watch the video. Um, that he sent to 150 of his customers at the time and everybody went crazy for it, but they wanted to know the company he used to do it because they wanted to do it. So we're always been entrepreneurial and he comes rushing to my house that day. I'll never forget it. I was just married and I, he's standing in the kitchen of my house and he's saying, Oh, this is it. This is the business, right? Like, so we had always been trying to figure out a business that we could do that would be big enough that to, to pursue the things we wanted to pursue. We could talk about that later, but we always had an idea about what that was. We wanted to help. He had gone to Africa or in a really short version of this. He had gone to Africa and he had met a person there and a family there who were helping poor uh, children who are um, orphaned and they were taking care of them. And so he wanted to do that. He wanted to move to Africa. So what we were trying to do is develop a business plan that would enable him to work from Africa or be in Africa, but sustain him there and then sustain this, this people that these orphans and widows in Africa. So that was the plan. And he was like, I think this is going to be big enough to do that. Right. And so, and, and then before that, we've been collecting URLs. You might remember this, Martin, like back then you try and buy every URL uh-huh. you thought would be something cool. And we had bought bombbomb.com, you know, and, and we had this. And I'll never forget, he said, we can use the bomb bomb one for this. You know, it's catchy, right? And um, he was so excited. I, it was awesome. I'm like, yeah. So we threw in our capital together because we'd both been somewhat successful sales and marketers. Uh-huh. And so we put our own money together and quickly realized we knew nothing about software development at all. Like nothing. I mean, again, this is in 2006 now. And like, you know, I think now it's just very common. People like you, you, you got to get software development. Maybe you got to raise capital. These things were not so either common to us. They definitely were not as common as they are now. Right. Mm-hmm. 
back then. So we, but we did this, we put our own money together, blew all that money. <laughs> and then we finally met our third co-founder, a guy named Kevin, who helped us. He had just sold the company, but he had ran 200 developers. So he had a software development background. So he helped us develop the, the first architecture for what is now BombBomb. And that's seen many evolutions since then. So yes, again, if you're doing the math, we started business in 2006. I didn't quit my job though until 2011. And we probably didn't sell any product until 2012. So that's how long it took just to get things kind of rolling there. We were so early with this idea, and frankly, we still are. The idea of video, many people are just coming into it now for the very first time, um, realizing it like this. I mean, when, when they think about video, I think they think about marketing through video. And what we like to think about is relationships through video. There's a key difference there, right? So yeah, YouTube, uh, commercials you might see on television. There's all kinds of video content out there. But most of it is marketing based, content based. What we want to do is send personal messages to people that matter, either in our business or in our personal lives. That could be, you know, really, and you think about it in a company context, it's about the experience you want to deliver to the folks that you work with, your customers, your potential clients, your future clients, your existing clients. I think that the big differentiator for most companies is going to be their people but we do a bad job now with all this technology that we have getting our people forward. I think we always lead with the technology, right? We lead with text, email, text, LinkedIn messaging, it's text, text on my phone. It's very text forward. And I believe that removes some of the best characteristics of human beings, which are, I'm better face-to-face, -face, man. You are too. I know you are because we just met minutes ago, but humans are usually better when they meet in person. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I just, and I just think that we're hiding more behind technology than ever before. And then we've replaced even, even now it's not even humans and technology, it's bots and technology, right? So it's bots with that messaging. So we've seen this proliferation of messaging. It's gotten more and more and more. How do we now bring humans back to the center of our communication? That's what we call it human-centered communication, okay? And that's, that's our point of view, that we believe humans are better when they're face-to-face -face and their relationships matter in business. And so we wanna enable that to happen through our technology. So that's the story of BombBomb. That's how we got here, why we believe what we believe. Can you go more into technology? Is it the robust one? What's, what's the platform you're using? Yeah, so we're, you know, we're hosted in the cloud redundantly through different service providers, including Amazon, Google, and others. So, but it's a service that you can access. But what we do is enable video technology in all messaging platforms. Uh -huh. So, because what we want to do is help you be face-to-face -face with more people more often so that you can build relationships with those folks. That again, so let's, we can talk about it in a sales process. We can talk about it in a, maybe a customer uh, process. So it's an existing customer process, but let's talk about it in, in terms of like selling, right? So maybe, maybe a lot of, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, you're a salesperson, right? No matter, no matter if you're the only person in your business or you're the fifth or you're the hundredth, you're still 
one of the chief salespeople in your business. So I, I think that, again, you're better when you're face-to-face -face with people. And I think a lot of how we grew BombBomb Bomb was through networking, shaking hands, meeting people, sitting down. But what we found is with video, you can collapse the time that it takes to do some of those things, right? So maybe I don't have to get on a plane for you to feel like you met me, but I can send you a video and say, and I did it to you, Martin, right? When I found out I was going to be on this podcast, I sent you a video. I said, hey, Martin, how you doing? Darren Dawson from BombBomb. I just want to tell you I'm excited about being on the podcast with you. I'm really looking forward to it. I just wanted you to have a face with a name and uh, look forward to meeting you in a couple months. I think we booked this, you know, a while ago. And so then you got to see me, kind of knew what I look like. And then you sent me one today and I got to see you and know you a little bit more. I think this is how relationships begin. If you were going to say, if you're starting a business, you're probably maybe going to networking events and you're trying to meet people. What do you do? Are you texting them? <laughs> Are you walking up and holding a sign? No, you're walking up and you're shaking their hand. You're asking them, where are they from? Do they have a family? These are the ways that people build relationships. It is through human connection. And I just don't think text does a very good job of doing that. And so we want to enable that through video. And so again, if it's on LinkedIn, you can use BombBomb Bomb there. If it's on email, you can use BombBomb Bomb there. If it's in Facebook Messenger, you can use any place, basically Outlook, Gmail, any of these places, your Salesforce, um, some of the other CRMs that you might be using. You can use video in those contexts to, to, to make those messages you're sending more personal. I think a lot of times right now what we're doing is we're trying to personalize everything that we mass send, right? I mean, do you get a lot of mass? You get a lot of email, just the solicitation email, right? Like people are solicitating you for business. So yeah, when I get off this call, I'll go to my inbox or my LinkedIn, whatever. And I'll have a ton of stuff there, right? Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that humans are sending that or do you think that robots or, or like machines are doing that now? Who knows? 50-50, maybe 50%. At best, right? So yeah. a lot of times software, it might have a person's name, but you don't feel anymore that that person actually sat down and created that message for you, right? Like we don't believe that anymore, I don't think. And so with that, when that happens it makes it easier to ignore you, right? Mm -hmm. So let me illustrate this. So what we're doing is we're creating messaging, um, but, but our salespeople are, are people that work for us. They're not creating it. And then we're mass producing it on a huge scale and saying it to like a thousand people. And we're hoping someone responds to it. I think the problem with that is everyone knows now that a real person didn't create a real message for a real person, right? Mm -hmm. And so then what happens is it's easy to ignore it. If I thought you actually sent me a message, I might actually take the time to respond to it. I still might not, but don't you think your chances to be responded to are higher if I thought you actually took the time to do it, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it makes I it easier it. to be ignored, right? It makes it easier to be ignored now more than ever. And now, and everyone's doing this. So there's a saturation of everyone doing the same thing. So now it's just like, I'll get all these emails. I'll go click on one and then shift delete. I, I, I just delete it all.
So it yeah. becomes like a numbers game to, to us that we say, well, it, it costs this much money, but if I got three or four deals on it, it'd be okay. I, I just think that we need to rethink that though, because, okay, so let's follow along. If, if I say I, I sent a hundred emails and I got a 10% open rate, so I got 10 people to open it, and then two of them bought my product, I'm gonna call that success. That's amazing success. That's amazing. Really, for today, but, that's great. But think about it. What about the other 90 people who didn't? What if, let's just say you did the research and these 100 people, man, they should buy my product. And if you're just, and let's be honest, in, a, in an email sequence, you're probably six to 15 emails that you might have sent that 100 people to really get that 10% open rate. That'd be phenomenal. And then two people to buy out of the 100 and you'd say that's successful. I think everyone would. But what about the 90 people who don't like you anymore <laughs> because you've been, you know, soliciting them and you're not, why are we doing this when we could, it takes a little bit more time, but I would argue your success rate would be higher if you took the time to deliver more of a personal message to those people in a personal way. I mean, that doesn't have to be video, but at least make it for them, at least take the time to look at their business. I think I think sometimes our, first of all, our addressable markets are too too big in our initial approach in marketing. So I wish it was a hundred emails, but usually it's like a thousand or 2000 that we're sending out times maybe 10 business development reps. Mm -hmm. And so now the inverse, right? So I'm, I'm trying to point out is there's an inverse reaction to what we think is a positive thing. So the, 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 the bad thing that's happening is you're turning off a lot of your addressable market as you're marketing to them constantly. So I'll probably get a lot of people right now either going, yes, I agree with that. You're right. Wow. I didn't think about it like that. Or this guy is totally crazy and off his rocker because it's just the way people are doing things now. And um, all I'm offering is to think about it in a different way. Take 10 of those and send a personal message to them. Introduce yourself in a more of a, a personal way to them and offer a solution to a problem that you know they have. And I, we don't do that enough either. We don't solve people's problems anymore. We just kind of like mass canvas. <laughs> like, it's like fishing with a giant net instead of fishing with a pole for the exact fish that we want to catch. I think we just need to get more specific about these things. We found it to be very successful when we're targeted about the businesses we know we can help in this manner and say, so good to meet you. It especially works well if we've if we've met at least once, and then you're reaffirming that relationship through the videos, right? But even in a cold outbound, explain to them what you do and the problem that you solve and the service you provide. I think being human, <laughs> it goes a lot farther than being automatic and and bot like. There are places for that. I'm not I'm not against it. Just saying that initially, the first impression we make shouldn't feel like and look like everyone else. And regarding the Google score, uh, uh, your email system, do you have good results? I, I suppose you are not going into, into junk. Correct. Well, emails. here's the deal. For us, what we're doing is we're actually sending through Gmail. So oh, in okay. sending through, sending through uh, messenger. So the delivery, is, is is as good as your reputation is. Aha, uh -huh, okay. Right. So, so my URL. Correct. My reputation. Not your yours. reputation is writing that. So when I send you, when I sent you a video, I sent it through my corporate Gmail account. 
or you can send it through your corporate Outlook account, right? So it's delivered. It's not a mass email. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. All these services we're using, Gmail and the others are getting smarter and smarter. And so it'll say in the header, it will tell me if this was an email sent to more than one person. It'll tell me, and it makes me, again, it's just making us all easier to be ignored. And I think there's now beginning to be a diminishing return to this saturation of communication against it's, it's, you know, you're a customer of someone, but you're actually a customer of like a hundred companies and they're all using the same tactics. Right. And so how are we going to break through the noise? The noise is it's louder than ever. It's noisier than ever. We have got to find a way to, to, desaturate or de-escalate the amount of noise that we are all producing. I actually, the term I like to use for this is digital pollution. Think about the ocean. So if you're super conservative or conscious about conservation and you're tired of using plastic bottles or whatever it is, think about it that way. When you are just blasting email and in text messaging and, you know, as I've been on the call here, two robo calls probably trying to sell me something. And that's the other interesting thing. How many times do you answer a, a call that you don't know the number almost anymore? Never, almost never. Almost never, right? It's got to be, I got to be sitting on a beach with just nothing else to do with my time, but to answer a random phone call. We're just ignoring everything. And that's my point that we need to get more human in in personal and how we approach these businesses as a business to the consumer 21st century entrepreneurship with martin piskarik what kind of organization structure do we have everybody's full-time and and we have 168 folks i think and then 30 of them are remote and the rest of them are in Colorado. So we had an office right here in Colorado Springs um, and everybody would go to work there. We're actually just now going to return to the office August 2nd. So we're excited about that. And I I think um, that's been a a big part of our culture has always been being together. And, And again, building these relationships, knowing who these people are and caring about them, right? So I'm excited to do that. Um, but I'll give you a couple of ways that I've been able to uh, kind of still do that during the pandemic. And my, your audience might find interesting. I, so I have used video to connect with those people because let's say that you just joined the company. You're new to new bomb bomb. You know, I never met you before. Typically I would come by and I'd shake your hand and I'd say, hello. And how are you? And where are you from? And how'd you hear about us? I like to do that. So what I've been doing now is just sending a video and introducing myself, telling them I'm glad they're here. If there's anything I can do for you, please reach out like anytime. And so I've been doing that. And then I've also implemented a Friday update. I do it every Friday and just keep everybody up to speed about what's going on in the business. So it's just an update for the everyone. Cause typically we'd have lunch together on Friday and I would get up in front of everyone and say, this is what we're doing. This, this is success that we're having, the failures we've seen, whatever. And so now I'm doing that through video. It's not as good as shaking their hand and being in person, but it's the next best thing. And so I found it to be helpful for me. But yeah, typically everyone's in the office in Colorado. Now we're going back to what we call a remote with a hub. So there will be about 40 people in the office and everyone else will work from home remotely with the option to come into the office as needed. 
obviously very successful and, and you have great energy. So if you can share uh, your daily routine, your mindset for all future entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, yep. people that want to go into that direction. Yeah, I'm very, yeah. So <laughs> I'm very regimented <laughs> and I have been for a long time. So every morning I'm up at 5.30 and I work out for 45 minutes. I, I mean, that's four times a week. I work out 45 minutes. Then I go into reading, um, meditation, prayer. Um, I'm a Christian, so that's my religion. That's what I practice. I do that. Um, and then I spend time with my family. So I'm the one that I get the kids going to school in the morning. I think that's important too. I don't want to be that checked out dad that's just building the business or number one to me. So I get to do that. And I love doing that. But then I'm at work at 8.15. So that's usually at my desk. Uh, we start out every day with a stand-up with my executive team. That starts at, at 8.35. And by that time, they have all had stand-ups with their teams. So it's kind of like a roll-up. Uh -huh. We kind of just go around. It's with 12 people, actually. Uh -huh. And uh, we talk about what's going on in the business every day. So we look at the numbers in the morning, look at every number, look at all these key metrics. And then we go around the horn, or around the, the group, the Zoom, right? And we say, um, what did we do yesterday? What's our number one priority for today? And what are we grateful for today? It's uh -huh. very important, I think, to start the day with gratitude. I believe as a leader that I set the tone for my team for that entire day. And that's what I tell my leaders that they set the tone for their teams and on down the line, right? So everyone in the business gets a stand up every morning and that rolls up to mine. And we say, what did I do yesterday? What's my number one priority for today? And, and what am I grateful for? I love the what's the priority for today because it holds everybody accountable to what is important. Mm -hmm. And then I can hear you say that and it's kind of like a peers, everyone, all your peers hear, hear you say that. So you get that thing done, right? That thing happens when you say to everyone else, you're going to do it, right? And then the gratitude thing is a big deal. Now that can be personal gratitude. That can be professional gratitude. But I want to be in an environment that people know that I care about them and I care about what happens to them and what, what, what's going on in their lives, right? So that's a key part of my, and that's a daily routine for me. There you go. From 530 to about 9 a.m. my time, that's exactly what I'm doing every day. For anyone wanting to become part of your family, is there any peer-to-peer -peer relationship or any, any kind of way of starting doing business with you? Yeah, I mean, we have a, a partnerships department. Actually, it's run by a woman named Rebecca Spoma. She's great. But she, she handles our partnerships, our affiliate programs, all of those things, and her team do that. She's also the one that runs our speaking teams and things that they travel. She's a part of our marketing department. So that's an easy way. So yeah. And then and on our website, you can find those resources too. But I always like to build relationships with folks too, like keep a network of folks. And I love entrepreneurism. I like helping young entrepreneurs figure it out. And I think most of the time what I find is two things. They, they either quit too soon is, is, and the reason they do that is they run out of money <laughs> some way and somehow, right? And so I think 
the one thing I learned through this is to live below your means or, you know, if, if you make a hundred thousand dollars, you need to live on 70. Okay. If you want to start a business, you might need to live on 50. <laughs> so it, like, that's the thing I think people, when you start a business, you've got to go lean otherwise. And so we've never taken any kind of venture capital either. So we've, we've, we've bootstrapped this all the way. Now we're cruising near $30 million in revenue. So to do that, you have to have a mentality that's like, I'm going to be lean about this. And I, so my best advice is that just don't go buy a brand new car if you just started a business. Or if you have a brand new car, you might have to sell it. <laughs> like when we started this business, I had a brand new Toyota 4Runner. All right. I sold that car. I bought a 2000. Um, then, you know, this was like in 2006. It was a brand new car. I bought a five-year-old car, uh, Toyota Camry, that well, I could pay for and own that I didn't have to have a payment on. I think... Things like that is it's a different mindset. But when you're building a business, you're building an asset that should take care of those things for a long time. So you got to think far into the future and believe that you're going to get there. So I think one of the key things, too, that we found in the business as we were growing it was the necessary. Well, the idea that we needed core values. So if you're thinking about or you're in the midst of building a business or maybe already have one, but you do not have core values, which are our flexibility, uh, fun, service, relationships, and humility. Those are the five that we have. Um, I think that's really important because we more often we build our we built our team around when we interviewed folks about what do they think about these core values? What do you think about the core value of relationships or the core value of humility? or the core value of service or all these things, right? And so it kind of forms the culture you want and, and the people that you want to surround yourself with. And these could be people from all races, religions, doesn't matter, but they you know, tentatively have to agree that relationships matter. It, it, you can tell from what I'm saying that I'm pretty deep believer that human connection is a big deal and relationships are important parts of building businesses and everything else. So if you don't believe that, you're probably not going to work out in bomb bomb, right? And that, but the best thing that we did is develop the team along the way and hire people for the core values. And um, man, I, I have people that are far smarter than me. I'm good at some things, but they're better at others. And, and finding out where you're weak and where you're strong and hiring your weaknesses to compensate for that. And then building a leadership team around that. And I think for me, uh, for me, I'm really a sales and marketing person. So I knew I needed a salesperson that thought about sales like I did. They don't have to think like I do as far as a worldview, but they have to think about sales like I do, right? Like the tenants where I believe there. Marketing too, I think that's the thing that is close to my heart. I have beliefs around what I think marketing should be and it shouldn't. If we disagree about that, it probably won't work. Again, this has nothing to do with like your, your belief system. It has to be how, how you think about these tactical principles in business, right? But in customer success, in, um, in product and development. I had no exper experience in some of those. And so I really saw other people who I thought did have expertise and hired them. So I think that's a critical piece too, is develop a culture around core values and develop a team around your weaknesses, right? So now I know we spend a lot of time together and I appreciate it. And I just, if anybody's interested in understanding more about what we're doing and, 
and how to check us out. We're at bombbomb.com. That's with two B's in the middle, B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B.com. And I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. It's one of the easiest places to connect with me. Just my only request is just, it doesn't have to be a video, but send me a personal message, not just a boilerplate one that says, hey, I, I heard you on the podcast or whatever it might be. And I, and I would definitely re- reply to you. So I, I just really enjoy being here. It's been great. Thanks, Zoe. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik.